how long? Okay, so Elon Musk. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Elon Musk, big big asshole, hate him. But we all get we all get to Mars. People are on a Mars. How long before there is a furry on Mars? Do you think? Hmm. Like, as a civilization, like how long until a furry gets there? I mean, the thing about furries is that they tend not to be particularly wealthy, at least in my experience. But the suits are expensive. I guess that's true. I think that also, yeah. but how much it, of your own personal work is going into those? Right. Sure you could be building your own fursuit. I yeah, think... You just... Have a, you know what? Uh, that's... Headcore production is absolutely right. There's no fucking way in hell that Elon Musk isn't a furry when he had his profile picture as a fucking anime picture with his girlfriend for, like, the longest time. And I just... <laughs> and got, Grimes I'm is so, also, I would assume, as a furry. God, fucking Grimes is a... Is a class traitor <laughs> like honestly <laughs> okay speaking of elon musk um and also yeah, speaking yeah. of return of the jedi the movie we're talking about today yeah just uh-huh, star wars uh-huh. in general the, the sixth star wars <clears throat> film something has come to my attention that i'm very and by the way this is no nerds allowed and i'm jackson mcmurray and i'm allied mcmurray and, and i'm keisha rhodes and this is a podcast about movies and stuff uh there's something that's come to my attention which is that we have not spent nearly enough time talking about funny Star Wars names as we've been covering the Star Wars movies and first among George them George Lucas just goes ham doesn't Yeah, he? that's what's so great. Ham solo. And like I already texted you guys this but Elon Sleesbagano in Attack of the Clones <laughs> is maybe Which, the who? best name for any character ever in history, right? Sleesbagano. It's like the El Sleezo from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. It and really, like, like, it just doesn't even feel like he's trying there. It feels I mean, so... He's not, is it, the thing. And, like, it feels so weirdly Italian. There's something just perfect about it. <laughs> There's the, the levels... Some of them are racist, but the other. It's true. It's true. And I like, feel like that's true of anything that George Lucas made. If you peel back the layers, one of them is racist, but the rest <laughs> of them are fine. Because I think Return of the Jedi is the first movie where you start to get really goofy names. Like, yeah. in the first two Star Wars movies, like, there's, like, Ponda Beba, which is kind of funny. But, like, yeah, but you know, when you like, look up all ben. the names... Yeah, when you look up all the names of characters, it's, like, not that funny. But then Return of the Jedi, you get, like, Salacious Crumb and Sice Noodles <laughs> and Droopy McCool. And you're well, like, you have all, this you is have what Jabba I Because you have Jabba the Hutt's fucking pimp gang. Of course <laughs> yeah. they're all yeah. made fucking weird things. If they, Okay, so if they took Star Wars and they're like, oh, it's a medieval, it's a cowboy western. If they just, like, set it in, like, a real-ass western, these would still be their names. Because they're just all pimps <laughs> and prostitutes and whatever in Jabba the Hutt's house. So, of course, this name is Sleaze Baganano or whatever his name was. <laughs> Elon, he's the guy who wants to sell Obi-Wan death sticks. His name's Elon Sleaze Bagano. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love that. That's my favorite scene of all Star Wars when they go to that. They're <laughs> rushing through, just, like, flying through this densely populated area. And then all of a sudden they, like, somersault into a cocktail bar. <laughs> yeah. And like, and okay, like, hmm. I'm and if unless I'm misremembering, I believe Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a character named Thurm Scissor Punch in Last Jedi, <laughs> and he's got like lobster no. hands or something. My yeah. glory! <laughs> I just love Babu Frick. Babu Frick is great. 
That's real good. Anybody anybody in the name. chat have any other good silly Star Wars names I'm forgetting? What are the what are the greatest? I mean, we hits? could just make someone what's your Star Wars Sona, Jackson? Um I don't, I don't know. It's, I'd have to think on it. I, I see. Okay, here's the joke about me saying that is that we actually j- fucking did that because we played Star Wars D and D. So me and Jackson right. already did that. <laughs> we joke didn't really. Over. We played it for one session, and Ethan got super steamy about something. Yeah, I don't we know it wasn't what. good. It we got super good mad session, at each other, <laughs> and we stopped. Do you want me to just Star Wars name generator for you? I remember I was a I was a Gungan. I don't remember what I yeah, named myself. Yeah, you were myself, a Gungan. I was a Twi'lek. Why I don't remember. I remember my girl's name was Effie. I don't remember what your person. Because Gungans rule and fight me about it. Yeah, I will fight you about it. I don't. I would choose to be an Ewok over a Gungan. <laughs> it's funny Personally. when they step in doo doo. Oh, racist. <laughs> Misa step in doo doo and Misa bad <laughs> racial caricature. <laughs> Misa uncomfortable <laughs> with the energy we've created. <laughs> We saw one of the minorities being misrepresented in this movie, so... God. (laughs) Sorry, Keisha. (laughs) Oh, man. But not that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A different one. A different different one. one. At the beginning of the movie. It's different. Uh, so, okay, this, so this is going to be a doubleheader, this episode, because we've decided we want to, uh, just on a weekly basis, check in with WandaVision, you know, because we're all excited about it. It's a cool, See, interesting we're idea. Really we're really worried about people. WandaVision. We want to make sure they're okay, so we're just going to be checking in with them. Yeah. Time time Do again. we want to do that yeah. first or second? First. I'd first. say first. Okay, let's go first. Let's go WandaVision first. As of this recording, we're we're talking about the first three episodes because we recorded on spoilies. Thursday last week. Spoily alerts. Yes, yeah, spoilies. spoilies for the first three Watch episodes of One. Every single person leave the chat. Yeah, I hope <laughs> please, not. Please don't. Yeah, listen. Actually, we're not going to spoil it. Don't. <laughs> should we yeah, say should no we, spoilies? Let's say no spoilies because this is like a very yeah. modern like television thing. We can do that's our best fair, to say fair, no yeah, spoilies. Yeah. That's fair. Whoa! That's did you know that the first spoiler alert happened from episode five of Star Wars? Because (laughs) did you actually not know that? Oh, spoiler alert was invented when when episode five came out, and like the huge Luke. Except for it's no, I am your father. Like everyone was saying that, and then people are like, "Oh, you ruined the movie!" So that's where spoiler alert came from. Huh. I, I think what's people, what's it people called just when people saying, like miss what's the thing what's it called when somebody like misremembers something and they say it's like a paradox and is the Mandela, oh, Mandela effect. Versus, yeah Mandela I think every single Mandela effect is fucking bullshit because like people are like it's not actually Luke I am your father it's just I am your father and it's like yeah because Luke I am your father <laughs> I immediately know that you're talking about Star Wars if you walked up to me and you were like hey I am your father I'd be like what the fuck are you talking about dude what like it's yeah, of course people changed it to make sense so. in context <laughs> there's a there's Don't a really matter. interesting one that I heard about for the first time the other day which is that like a whole bunch of people like misremember that there's a scene in Castaway where Tom Hanks like goes up on a cliff and tries to hang himself and fails but it's just because like there's a later scene where he says that that happened and it's just like and he like goes down and like gets the rope from up top so it's like implied that it happened but they don't actually like show it but people for whatever reason just remember that there was a scene where you actually see him do it but you don't 
Oh, yeah. I no. I think that people... But you do see him perform uh, dental surgery on himself with yeah, the ice Yeah, fuck skate. yeah. I watched Castaway <laughs> a little while ago. That movie fucking holds up. That's a good-ass movie. I really love that movie. It's good. It's um, so upsetting, though. So, WandaVision <laughs> is the first Marvel Studios television endeavor. Spectacular. In which the Scarlet Witch and the Vision... They're on TV. What? They're on TV. They're in a they're in a fifties sitcom, situational comedy. Right. It's so. Here's the thing about me is that I fucking love the Dick Van Dyke Show. It might be one of my favorite shows. Like it's genuinely really funny and like it's just nice. And it was also actually like very progressive for the time. So like I don't feel like a horrible person for enjoying it. And like I gotta say. WandaVision just, like, fucking absolutely captures it. Like, their set is literally so close to being the Dick Van Dyke set without Mm -hmm. being plagiarism. Like, it's so, like, the kitchen and, like, the joke about the vision walking through the chair. Like, it's literally just the living room from the Dick Van Dyke show. It's so good. And, like, I was really worried with this whole, like, weird sitcom premise. I was really worried that either A... They were going to play it really sarcastic and snarky and, like, not fully give themselves over to it. Or, B, they were going to be, like, totally overplay the creepiness of it and make, like, one joke and then be like, Oh, but why is it black and white? Oh, don't you... Why is it like this? You know, I was afraid they were going to totally go full creepypasta on it. Yeah. Um, I picked up this VHS (laughs) and it said WandaVision on it. And then when I put it in the VGS player, there was like, she was, it was like, oh, they were like, it was like Avengers, but it was like scary. And it was like in black and white. And like, they were like, oh, why are we here? And they were like, why are we trapped in the VHS? And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I don't know. And then I told my mom, and she didn't believe me. And then my mom died. Their and moms my always mom die in the creepypasta. But my. <laughs> That happened to my neighbor, so I know it's true. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> but all that to say like, that, like... The... Oh, go ahead. Oh, just the way that, like, the first three episodes have been paced as well. It hasn't been like, oh, that was way too much, like, sitcom world and not enough, like, tell us what's happening. Like, every single time, I'm like, they add a, a new element and a little right. bit of, of a different twist but it's it never feels like it's a super jarring switch up, change right. up, mm-hmm. black eyed peas, <laughs> and when I bust <laughs> the a rhyme, you break your neck. Uh, <laughs> the but yeah, I just I love how sincerely they play the sitcom stuff, and they're not oh, trying mm-hmm. to do any Apple sort of mute. like winky self referential thing where they're like, oh, it's the fifties, isn't that crazy? They're just like seriously going out of their way to just like write good funny jokes in the style of the dick van dyke show or in the style of bewitched or whatever like show they're sort of parodying that week it's it's just so it's like it literally does in some way behave like an episode of an old sitcom like you say it's funny like it's funny Mm -hmm. to watch and you can laugh at it and like sincere like there's a lot of heart behind yeah the way that paul bettany delivers all of his lines I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I kind of wish this was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I also like think... my family. We definitely were like a, a Gilligan's Isle 
the Brady Bunch, Bewitched right. family. And so it all feels like really authentic to each one of those styles of TV show. Right. Jackson, Loving I it, it so far. And you Jackson, know what? I think at this point we've seen more Bewitched parodies than we have actual frames of the Bewitched TV show. Do you mean just the Will Ferrell movie? <laughs> yeah, and also the parody. <laughs> but I think the smartest thing that this tv show does is that it lets elizabeth olsen not have a weird russian accent yeah Yeah. because like as much as i think elizabeth olsen is pretty good in all the avengers movies she's in i think she is so totally restricted by her not inability but just like baseline competency at doing an accent you know, yeah. I feel like that accent is constantly like a wall between her and the audience that you just can't quite oh, get absolutely. over. And letting her and not do that, been... she feels so much more alive and normal <laughs> than any other yeah, thing. Yeah. Like every episode, or not episode, every movie, they kind of dial it back. Yeah, where, exactly. Yeah, first she was like, uh, I am a weirdo and I move my hands <laughs> and oh, my brother is very fast. <laughs> And then by, like, <laughs> Avengers, like, Infinity War, she's like, hey, you stabbed my boyfriend through the chest, you jerk. <laughs> you know? Spoilers, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, not spoilers for fucking Infinity War. The movie came out that 800 is- years ago. Also, that's, that's it not happens true. in the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, my biggest pet peeve about the way that the movies have handled Scarlet Witch and just her in general and Wanda in general is I feel like especially in Civil War it's super apparent where they don't know what age to play her as <laughs> yeah, that's she's, yeah. she's a grown ass woman but they treat her like a 15 year old and she's got the bedroom of a 15 year old and they're like she's a child when she's like 25 and it's like okay she's not though but right well yeah they never like say explicitly what age she is but i think you're just supposed to assume that she's like probably like 19 or 20 i guess but like it's there is like this weird dissonance between like her just being an adult and people treating her like she's a teenager and like never quite knowing which way they want to lean with it, you know? Yeah, so that's what I like about WandaVision, that they're like, she is, she is <laughs> she's a young woman, but she's an adult, and she's an right. adult person. Yeah. It's like, cool, great, I got it. Like, yeah, she's not like, you oh, can my be... homework. <laughs> yeah, she can Marcia, be. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> like, you could be young and a girl and still be an adult. Like, yeah. I don't know, it was right. just weird, especially as... <laughs> As a young adult woman, I'm like, hey, I can just be a fucking adult. I'm not 17 my entire life. And I think because the vision and Paul Bettany in particular is truly like my favorite part of any of the Marvel movies. Like he's far and away my favorite character in the whole thing. And the fact that the character that the TV show that he is in is the one that seems like it's going to be the weirdest, craziest one is it feels like this show is pitched like squarely at my face. Like they're trying to hit me, <laughs> yeah. like me, Jackson McMurray, like right between the eyes with this TV show. They're like, and what is every single thing that Jackson is nostalgic for? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not even nostalgia. It's just like, 
what what are the things that he is invested in about the Marvel Universe? What are the things <laughs> yeah. that he wishes that these things would do more of? What is Jackson Weird character-driven think? pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Jackson it, likes when things go ape shit, and he likes this one actor. Let's go. And, like, I just think... And, no, literally, like... Vision in sweaters is my number one favorite thing in any of these. You love that so and this much. Whole, this whole show whole is program. just like Vision in sweaters, and here's nine episodes of it. And it's yeah. like, I am seen. I am I am. The show affirmed. should just be called Vision in sweaters. Yeah. Yeah, it this show called- pretty much... It's like that one scene in Infinity War when he phases through the, through the wall, when, like, Captain America's talking to the Scarlet Witch... And she's like, Viz, and he's like, but, uh, the captain wanted me to get, tell you when this was happening, but she's like, no, we talked about you use the door. He's like, but you wanted the, now, what? It's good. It's so (laughs) good. It's so good. I, um. I love it. You know what I realized the other day that absolutely incensed me? I think Paul Bettany is basically the only major Marvel player who's not in Endgame. Yeah. Mm, Probably. Does not appear in any capacity. Does he get to be in the big indulgent credit sequence at the end? I don't think remember. So? Because he should Yes. I don't know if he is, but he should be. Because like I said, he literally does not appear in the film. (laughs) But Yeah. Yeah. He which, is, well, which is fine because he got to, to be in the better of the. That's true. Stone Stone Wars. <laughs> the Stone Wars. Thanos Stone Thanos Wars. time. <laughs> Stone Wars. Star Wars: The Stone Wars. Don oh. Cheadle. And Thanos Paul is there. Rudd, Chadwick Boseman. Pour one out. Rest in peace. Brie Larson. Pour one out preemptively. <laughs> Pour one I out guess for I'm going to kill Brie Larson. I don't have a problem with her. Everyone will eventually die. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. You're right. You're right. There, there, there's some low fruit in this huge indulgent one. So I feel yeah. like he's got to be. Doesn't Robert like Redford get a credit? I mean, uh, like, what's his. Be well, no, you know, Benedict Wong gets one. <laughs> that rules. Like <laughs> Renee Russo gets one. Like <laughs> there's some here that just are. I don't know. <laughs> That's so this. good. Are did that? Are they really an adventure? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I'm Howard glad. Stark. <laughs> See, Benedict um, Wong is probably my second favorite actor behind Paul Bettany. Do love Benedict Wong. He's in Hated in the Nation, which is my favorite uh, my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. It's not the one when the president not the one, gets not all that up one. on that pig. You know what Benedict Wong is super good in is Gemini Man. Gemini Man, Benedict Wong just shows up like 45 minutes in as like a retired CIA assassin. And he just like fucking lives on an island and wears Hawaiian shirts and has a parrot. It rules. <laughs> That's what I want to see Benedict time. Wong doing for the rest of time. Fair Jackson, enough. What's your star sign? What's my star sign? What is it? Why would you ask me thing. that right now? The, the Gemini? Leo. I don't know. Yeah, no, mine is Leo. You got it. Yes. Oh, I just see, know when your birthday is because it's a is. science, Jackson. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. 
Oh, it's because I know a bunch of August birthdays. Right. I, they're like, I'm a Leo. So well, I also have big Leo energy. Yeah, you yeah. get big Leo. I, I don't, don't even like know what I, don't, I don't even know if that's true. Tisha, what's your big energy? <laughs> um, Dick. <laughs> no. <laughs> anybody in the chat? Can anybody I'm in the chat tourist. tell me if I have big Leo energy or not? Okay, so every what so, is uh, Leo I remember, energy? Back, <laughs> I don't know. Back in the old Tumblr days, I remember everyone still be like, "Hey, if you're a Cancer, you're like this." And I was like, "Haha, okay," and I would like save it. But like, it's always <laughs> just, for the Cancer one. It's always just like you cry a lot. You're sad. And it's like fucking <laughs> what? Fucking what? Like I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't, I don't get know. it. Oh, oh, they're oh, Jackson, oh no, I have no Leo about your big Leo energy. Oh my god, am I a traitor? Oh my god, whoa, controversy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get in a fight. <laughs> so I have one person in the chat saying I have no Leo energy, and then another person saying I have the most Leo energy. But. <laughs> Is that Leo what the energy? Is Leo or is energy? That what are Le- what's the what's the scale one? We don't always do a lot of audience participation on this show, but I want both of you guys to elaborate on what you think Leo energy <laughs> is, because I have to know now. Are you Sagittarius, Keisha? Is that what you said? I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. I'm a tortoise. You're I'm a, a Ford Taurus. Taurus. I'm a Taurus. I'm a Ford Taurus. <laughs> of a hey. Ford Fiesta. <laughs> We should do a new a new astronomy where Which it's all based on different models of Ford cars. Yes, I'm down. I already said mine. I'm the Ford Fiesta. I'm, I'm the Ford Explorer. Yeah. It has to be Ford though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got big you got big Ford Explorer vibes, Jackson. How bad would it be if, if you had how much how bad would it be if you got to be the Ford Bronco? <laughs> it's the worst one. Yeah. I don't know enough about Fords, I guess. Yeah, what's the best Ford, Gerald Jackson? Well, I just know the Ford Bronco is a bad one because fucking O.J. Simpson. Oh, that's oh, right. Did a police chase on the news, <laughs> okay, and they had so to stop just, making the car afterwards. I have bad news for everyone. I just watched the Avengers Endgame credits, and Paul Bettany is not in them. Oh, that makes Aww. me so angry. So, because he's not in that movie. No, he's that's not. A, Hess. That is, it's truly I'm, bullshit. I'm gonna, I'm writing a letter. I'm writing a letter to the Russos right now. That is such malarkey. I'm, the letter's gonna say, I'm coming over, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm and pouring then, one out preemptively. <laughs> for you. For, for you. For your face. <laughs> Quick, pour one out, but not for me. <laughs> this one's for you. you. <laughs> well, that's okay. dumb. So let's update. Let's give an update on the argument happening in our chat. Uh, Aragorn I says, Leo energy is all about the chillest of vibes, and Jackson has too much energy for that. Headquarter production says, I don't know how to phrase it, but it's like the chaotic energy that I have sometimes. And how many chill Leos have you met? Aragorn says, so many. It might be because I'm in the southern hemisphere that things are different. Yeah, Leos go in reverse I in the southern hemisphere. don't know how astronomy works. Is that a thing? Okay, because you have, like, first of all... It's astrology. Astronomy. <laughs> Astro-whatever. They're the same. They're all science. 
The thing about science. astrology, astronomy, which one astrology. is Astrology. And astrology. Just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you guys for saying it might be different in the southern hemisphere because I just, I just never heard that before and it makes so yeah, much I don't know. sense in a weird kind of way. Yeah, it's the just stars. Like, I mean, because, yeah. It strikes me very astronomy. Winter. Also, I, I heard never... that it's your rising moon that Yeah, so here's matters. the thing. is that your, your star sign is exactly like the Harry Potter houses in that people will weasel their way into just having the ones that they want <laughs> no matter fucking what. They're like, I'm I'm a Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, F- uh, Gryffindor. Actually, I'm all four of them. They'll be like, well, my rising is Sagittarius and my moon is whatever and my water sign and my fire sign and my earth sign and my whatever. Like, it's just, it's the Harry Potter houses. It's all, it's all the same. <laughs> I my had Harry no Potter idea. house is Ravenclaw. When I when Same. I sent I think that we're request, all Ravenclaws. When I sent that request out to the sense. chat for people to weigh in on my star sign, I did not expect to get this powerful of a response, and I'm really excited. I know. About Apparently, it. you're very controversial yeah. as a Leo, Jackson. <laughs> okay. I love. We need to see your birth certificate, Jackson. Yeah. I don't think you're a Leo. <laughs> um, how about? So here's what I say. We're gonna be checking back in every week, but. To keep doing episode by episode, there's going to have to be spoilers. Oh, of course, Headquarter Productions yeah. is a so Gemini. Now you guys I know, know nothing about star signs. Classic. Oh, Gemini. Oh, no, that's not the scale one. Libra is the scale one. That's what I said. <laughs> Wait, what? Is no Libra Gemini's is the, the twins. Le- I was no, going to be Libra. like, which one? Wait, what? I thought Pisces was Pisces the Pisces is a fish. But Pisces they're two fish. fish. They're it's twin fish. fish. Gemini is twins. No, Gemini is twins because in the... In, the Zach and Cody movie, they're like <laughs> Project Gemini, and they are crucial because they're twins. Okay, okay. I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is the Scorpion? Uh, oh, okay, okay. I don't know. We're done. We're done with the, we're done with Star Side discussion. <laughs> I know. If we are going, if we're planning on talking WandaVision moving forward, I say we start yes. doing it at the end instead, because if we're doing okay. it episode by episode, there will be spoilies. And we don't want to yeah, lose so people at the top of the stream for spoilies. Is that fair? You guys know now next week just have all four episodes watched and you can give us your feedback and what participate. you think who you think the man in the mysterious pajamas is. That's it's one way to phrase it, it, I guess. That's not in the show. They are, they're kind of the like, a, like pajamas. It was is it anything pajamas if you sleep in them? <laughs> If you really uh, think about I, it. I don't think jeans will ever be pajamas, even if you do sleep in them. Uh, and that's, sometimes. That's, no, jeans? If you sleep in jeans, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I will take a nap in jeans. Yeah, I'll, I'll nap like, in jeans all the time. But do you feel good about yourself when you wake up and you're like, Sometimes. Ugh. I like, I feel what? like I'm the only person on the planet who enjoys wearing jeans. I don't think jeans are I like to wear jeans, but I don't like to sleep in them. Well, I guess I'm just built different. So, okay. All right. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Mac. This is a return of the Jedi. (laughs) 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 So, there is... To me, this movie... This is not a reference that I think you guys will appreciate, but to me, Return of the Jedi is very much like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. In the All sense right. that it's, like, mm. definitely the worst one, but, like, 
it starts off with like the coolest shit in the world and then there's like a really really long section in the middle where they're like in a forest talking to a bunch of babies <laughs> and then they do something <laughs> sick again at the end and you're like that's I true yes i guess it evens out <laughs> But Jackson, you don't like wow. the part. Where I, never I made like that connection before. Yeah, I like the forest part where they talk to babies. See, I like okay. that part. Okay, so I the think Ewoks the only are controversial that- in a certain kind of way. A lot of people hate the Ewoks, and my what? my note says says uh, Ewoks ellipses jury is out on if Ewoks are racist. <laughs> Yeah, if somebody came out tomorrow um, and they were like, hey, we need to talk about how racist the Ewoks are, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. But until that happens, I'm going to say that I like them. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like... A lot of people hate the Ewoks, and I think I know why, despite the fact that I like the Ewoks. Because they're funny and they're cute. The part with the most Ewoks in it is the worst part of the movie. Not mm-hmm. because of the like- Ewoks... But the They're Ewoks just, just happen to be there, and they yeah. get some of the splash yeah. back. But what about when Princess Leia is hanging out with the Ewok, and he like he's like thinks that everything she does is like a weapon. He's got like his little stick, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And she's like, well, "What oh, about it's fine?" When... And he's like, "Oh, I like you. Don't you love that part? That's I love sure, that part." Fine, what about good. when the Ewoks are trying to deify C three PO and? <laughs> eat people and it lasts forever yeah you know, like that part i love that part <laughs> i hate it because the thing it's about so this long. like the first act of this movie is great and they get to endor and there's that speeder chase that rules and then once you get into ewok stuff you're like stuck in ewok town for literally like a full hour before you get to the like the climax of the movie at the end. Welcome and to even ewok the climax of the movie you. even the climax of the movie at the end still does have one foot in ewok town, you know? And <laughs> yeah, it's like because we we're going back to ewok town. Right. And it's not bad. I don't I don't not like the ewoks. I don't think being in ewok town is a bad thing, but it's like in a Star Wars movie, you expect to be like three or four different places you want to get a lot mm-hmm. of different fun locales and like experience cool new things yeah. and when you spend like Especially literally two-thirds is- of the movie in the same planet with the same guys the whole time it's not that that and planet the other is planet bad is you're just a like place you've already been yeah it's just like let's go let's like get let's get some more guys at, up in here okay you know? would you rather luke talks to grandpa for 20 more minutes like what do you want no i want there to be some other place that they go to maybe they spend okay, the second act with the ewoks and then they go somewhere else they go to a salt planet and they remark about how it's salt at the end and they lick the ground yeah, they lick the ground that was also, another thing especially <laughs> go ahead if Kendra. it's like this is potentially going to be the last movie in right. the... Like, it's weird to be like, the whole galaxy is at risk and we're saving everyone. And, like, at the very end of the movie, it's like, woohoo, Ewoks, and that's it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's so much a- Ewoks for, like, the big culmination of everything we've been building to. There's a lot that's of Ewok fair. time. That's fair. They do They do kind of give a piece, of the, a piece of the pie to the Ewoks, and it's like, <laughs> they haven't been in line for that long. Why are they getting pie? Like, yeah, exactly. This war has been going on for so long, and this was like a 20 minute battle 
Yeah. Yeah. But don't you like the part where you see the cute little baby bears and you're like, oh, I love these little baby bears. But then you see like one of them's like holding a baby. And you're like, oh, fuck, that baby bear is a baby. That they yeah. aren't babies. They're adults. And you like you have that thought for a little bit, but then you just walk away and continue to do what you were doing. The Ewoks are good. I like the Ewoks. I, yeah. that, those, <laughs> I that, like, that. costume design, something, it, the Ewoks don't feel like anything else in no. film, I think. They have a very particular vibe in the What's sense that like? they, like, like, how do you build a costume for a human that, like, literally, like, looks and ambulates like a teddy bear, you know? Like, how do you pull yeah. that off? Furries have been trying to figure it out for years. <laughs> The first furries on Mars will know. They'll know. Elon Musk knows. I, God, d- anyway. I like I like Ewoks. I just think the proportions are off. Exactly. I think a yeah. lot of proportions in this well, movie I are think, off. I think Ewoks are cute in the exact same way that gorillas are cute. In that <laughs> when you see a picture of a gorilla or you're around a real life gorilla, you're like, aw, this gorilla is cute. I love this gorilla. But when you try to get, like, a drawing or a stuffed animal of a gorilla, they, like, can't actually capture, like, what makes it cute and also a gorilla, you know? Like, I feel like the Ewoks are that same thing, where it's, like, they got, like, beady little eyes and weird little, like, lips and teeth, and, like, they shouldn't be cute, but, like, the way (laughs) that they act and, like, do things, it's like, oh, they're adorable. It's like, they got that same kind of, like, je ne sais quoi, you know? (laughs) But the, to put the whole balance of the galaxy <laughs> in the hands of these guys, we the just met. Like when you see the storm, I think bears. it shows how evil the stormtroopers are when they're fucking killing I, these little teddy bears, or just how bad they are at fighting because they're these little teddy bears with sticks. Until they figure out how to use tools, and then they kill all (laughs) of them. Because, yeah, I love all the Ewok business in the final battle. I think all that stuff is super fun, where they're, like, tripping up the ATSTs with the logs, and, and they... They're like crushing guys' heads with the, with the big swinging logs while log play. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) But, okay, okay. So... If we if we want to go back to the first act of the movie, which I yeah, think sure. pretty much rules. Like I think this movie kicks ass like literally until the moment an Ewok shows up for the first time and then it kind of <laughs> comes to a screeching halt. And it's not the Ewok's fault. I right. can't stress this enough. But I like, think that I think all the stuff on the Tatooine beginning. is so fun. And there are some I think there are some seriously underrated background guys in all the Jabba's Palace scenes. I think I think all the guys in the Cantina scene in the first Star Wars got to be iconic, and all the guys in the Jabba's Palace in this movie really got shafted. Cause oh, like yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah, on George Lucas though. Being yeah. like, let's do the fun CGI remastered version with this full ass song. Yeah, why yeah I think it? George Lucas and maybe made it uniconic himself and that he changed maybe it four it. times. I just so it never got the chance to be iconic. <laughs> right. Like without that song, that scene where like Green Slave Girl, I don't know her name, when like she's important. She's getting thrown into that pit. Right. That's like scary, but then when it's intercut with like, bad, 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 look at my alien, what's happening? What's going on? But like, yeah, what I wrote down in my notes verbatim was 
why did George Lucas dot 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 do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why I did don't he? Why know. did he? Why did he do it? <laughs> like, why historians will be asking for years? <laughs> it's just so weird. And like I'll I'll grant that, you know, the original version, you can find it on YouTube super easily. The original version is like I have it on Laserdisc. Do you really? Wow. Yeah, I have all the OG oh. Star Wars only. Oh, that's so sick. I've thought about buying it like a VHS set on eBay for a really long time so I can get that OG experience, but I've never pulled the trigger on it. Um, but like the original version is like fine. It's not super memorable. There's like the Sice Noodles puppet is like a little bit awkward and you're like, I don't know about that. We'll see. But like, this is not the solution. <laughs> this is not the correct way to, to make that better. <laughs> yeah, because it's be like, better. This no. is a lateral had, move, if anything. It's like you just have to choose. Do we want a, like a kind of forgettable scene, or do we want a fucking weird, like, do we want to draw so much attention to what the fuck is going on, or do we just want to be like, oh, that was fine? Yeah. Well, I do think that with the augmentations, the first 20 minutes has a bit of a pacing problem. Like, there's a, a lot of, like, all, everyone walking the full way down this hallway, the, the, the same walk. Like, we see the droids do it, and we see Leia in disguise do it, and we see Luke do it. And I feel like it only really matters when Luke, like, walks all the way down, and you're not sure who, what's going on, and who it is, and right. ooh, he's a mystery man. I just think that they, it gets drawn out a little bit, and then drawing it out even more with weird songs... George, you're killing me. The I do I still like it though. I still but I like it. We gotta talk about Luke's outfit in this though. Oh, he's looking <laughs> great, man. He's Dude, like he went serving looks in this movie. It's so I good. He is. Pretty. God, this is like you know when you like know somebody and you know they've always been kind of like weird and off and they're like you, they never seemed like happy in their skin and then you like see that moment where like they like either, like, come out or just, like, embrace who they are, and then they just, like, look great and, like, look <laughs> yeah. like they're just loving life. They, like, like, that's Luke in this out. movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. He's just, like, Luke figured it out. He's a twin. Yeah, he's, he's a here. God. He's serving looks. <laughs> like, it's just, gl- it's so good. Glowed up. Okay, here's the thing. I've talked at length on this podcast many, many times about how dumb it is that George Lucas decided that the ratty old robes that Ben Kenobi wears in the first movie was just the Jedi uniform always for some reason gives us so many outfits yeah and like but luke has like a very specific and iconic outfit that he puts on after he fully embraces his sort of jedi hood it's strongly implied that this like this particular like robe is like the jedi attire you know now that he is fully like embraced the identity of and being a Jedi, in- this is what he wears. Why would they not have the Jedi in the prequels wear something like that? It drives me so <laughs> crazy. I'm so mad about it. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I mean, like, Mace creative Windu sometimes... Uh, no, he's wearing ratty brown niche. robes just like everybody else. But sometimes he's not wearing the, the robe, and it's kind of... But it's still, like, flowy... Like, yeah. we definitely stole this from Japan. Yeah. As and not in a good way. <laughs> I, guess, I don't know if imaginative is the right word, but, like, as much as the prequels do and, like, 
how much they, like, establish and do to, like, make the world, like, bigger and extended so they can talk about more things. Like, as much as they do that, I also feel like they do the, they do this thing when, like, a story gets too much lore, there's a point where it gets just really, really boring to me. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to learn all the rules and all the stories, I just want to have fun. Like, it starts to feel like (laughs) Skyrim. Where it's just like, I don't, just let me be a fucking cool wizard with a cool robe and, like, I look at my fun story and who I am and what I'm doing and, like, the the, fa- the fashion, the clothes, and the weapons, and they're all so cool. Like, that's literally right. what I feel like with the prequels. Like, just let me, let it be fun and cool. I don't care about these fucking monks. Just let me be a wizard. <laughs> right. And Headquarter Productions just brought up something interesting in the chat, which is that, I guess I never really thought about it exactly in these terms, but, like, in Clone Wars, people wear cool outfits. Which that's is fair. Good. That's really fair. That's Ahsoka what, Tano. And yeah, like, also, like, look. in Clone Wars, they fixed Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's almost like they Clone took Wars Star Wars single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think that, like... Oh, shoot, I had a point. Oh, oh, okay, here's my other big problem with Return of the Jedi, right? Yes. Is that <laughs> not only... First of all, each of these original three has a different director, and these movies feel so unique in the fact that you can, like, really tell the difference between the directing styles of the three people just based on the performances that the lead characters give, which I think is so fascinating, because everybody in this movie is so much sort of hammier than they are in any of the other ones. Like, I feel like the way that the actors are being directed is, like, so much more broad than it was in either of the other two movies. Do you guys feel that at all, or am I just making stuff up? I think... I, I, yeah, I, there's just... The way that the script is written is also just so, like, Leia's my sister. I can't tell you why I'm upset. Like, very soap opera Yes, and the deliveries match that. Right. I think here's my my favorite thing about this movie is that almost every line reading that Harrison Ford gives, it feels like the director told him to do something. And he was like, I don't want to do that. That would be dumb. And he's like, no, can you please just do it for me? And Harrison Ford was like, okay, fine. I'll do it that way if you want, but it's going to be shitty. And they roll the camera and he does the take. That's the energy that's coming off of Harrison Ford this but entire movie. But isn't that yeah. so Han Solo, though? Yeah, but, <laughs> like, like, but the, big, the thing about this movie is that Han Solo has absolutely nothing to do in this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have any more meaningful character development to go through. He doesn't have any yeah. sort of... We already did it. Yeah, there's, he doesn't have any, like, real purpose in the narrative. His only thing to do... I mean, like, the stuff at the beginning when he gets out of the yeah, Carbonite's the cool. Scene. Um, But well, then after that, like, like, the whole time they're on Endor, he's just like, All right, friends, let's go get him. And, like, that's his yeah, whole thing. And the whole rest just, of the like, movie. This is the life boyfriend. I've chosen. Yeah. And like, it's go ahead, Evelyn. And this is just kind of off topic, but I will never forgive. I don't know whose decision this was, but so we get we have that cool where it's like, oh, who's this mysterious stranger? Oh, it's Luke, and we like see like it, it's kind of this moment where it's like you feel like Jabba is gonna lose all his like power and like 
his all his presence and like street cred. Like you think he's not going to be like scary and powerful anymore now that Luke is here, basically, because Luke right. is the good guy and he's got the big gun. So obviously Luke is going to win. But so a to just have Jabba immediately drop Luke into a pit with the scariest monster possible <laughs> is just really good. Right. But then also I will never forgive whoever made the decision that like all right we're gonna kill this nasty monster and then have the guy who's raised it from birth come out and cry <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird choice. It's so upsetting. Like why did you do that? <laughs> The- I do appreciate all the giant monsters in this movie, though. There's a lot of giant like- monsters. They're all really good. And it's not like, like, um, like Force Awakens giant monsters where you're like, uh, this feels like a waste of time. <laughs> I know that this is like a popcorn scene. Like it's it's actually like a fun, compelling scene. Right. Oh, yeah. I think like as far as like stop motion visual effects like of the '80s. I think this yeah. movie is, like, really and truly as good as it ever got, you know, before oh, we, yeah. like, fully pivoted away from from stop motion to work with computers instead. But, like, the Rancor... I think you're forgetting a very important movie, which is uh, <laughs> Robocop? Ro- <laughs> that looks fine. <laughs> no, Look, it looks so bad. It, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, okay. But I think, like, the not only the Rancor, but also the ATSTs at the end that they animate with stop motion mm-hmm. look oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Like, that animation is so fluid and so smooth that, yeah. like, with the Rancor, sometimes it's, like, genuinely hard to tell apart, like, when it's stop motion and when it's a puppet, you know? Yeah. And, like... When it's, like, stop motion. We talk about... I think we talked about this with, uh... Terminator? The movie with the stop motion man and the nun. Oh, Conjuring oh, 2. Oh, the... Conjuring 2, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like some things man. being stop motion animated adds so much to it because it makes it feel so different. And I think stop motion is like absolutely the correct feel for like the STAT. Is that what it's called? ATST, yeah. ATST, whatever. Opposite. SAT. But like that's just like the perfect feel for it because like as much like technology and sci-fi as there is in star wars it's a very kind of like specific old-fashioned feel to that technology like (coughs) none of the technology in star wars is new and even the new Mm. technology is like slow and like very much based in the 80s where that's just what technology was like like to have them like move but like this kind of like juddery like robotic like movement is like it looks like that's that's correct that's what it would look like like it just it's such a good right. choice to make and i want to bring up something that uh that oh who said it first um oh that aragorn is saying in the chat about that's like one of those famous hollywood stories that david lynch was approached to direct this movie and people, you know, people love to be like, oh, can you imagine if David Lynch did a Star Wars movie? Like, if Return of the Jedi was a David Lynch movie? But, like, if I'm being fully honest with myself, like, I'm sure it would be different in the sense that any movie would be different if it was directed by somebody else. If another person made it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't I don't think it would be... Because in 1981, I don't think David Lynch was David Lynch yet. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he'd still have been directing George Lucas's script, and it might have been, like, a little more stylish and a little more interesting, but I don't think it would be fucking Twin Peaks-ass weird, crazy shit. It would be, 
like somebody like he would have it would have just been like a for hire job you know like yeah it's just one of those things that i always bristle a little bit at like i don't think it would have been really that crazy if david lynch directed it you know if you had to choose a director today to make return of the jedi who would you choose jackson to make return of the, assuming it was like the same Columbus. script yeah same Columbus. script but like who's the, he just that no that's bad that would make it a million times worse <laughs> I know, this I'm does kind of feel like the kind of movie Christopher Columbus might have directed. Oh though. yeah, no, it's a series. Yeah, you just get to do it, Columbus. and then you can leave. That's Christopher Columbus's <laughs> whole thing. Um, I keep calling him Christopher Columbus, and I'm not gonna stop. Hmm. Let me think on it for a second. <laughs> who's done? Who's done like good, interesting blockbuster stuff in the past? But like, I don't want to pick anybody like too stylish, you know. Like, yeah, because I don't. My knee jerk reaction it. is like maybe James Gunn would be a fun pick. That would be a good one. But yeah, I don't he, think. Yeah. But I don't think that would serve the movie. You know, I think it just becomes mm-hmm. something else at that point. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, because his aesthetic is very colorful, and I don't think that's Star I think Wars, that the way that know? like this movie especially plays with blacks and whites is really smart yeah. and also like nature they do incorporate more natural elements yeah that aren't like creepy swamp ice tundras <laughs> right desert I sands so, uh, i think it's so interesting that we put luke in like an all black outfit like that's so like what a weird choice especially in star wars which is very much like good guy bad guy like to put Luke, who is our hero, who is, like, the, literally the knight in shining armor, to put him in this all-black outfit, like, it's just, is so, is such an interesting thing to do. Uh, I have an answer. And it, I have an answer. You guys I also this? have, uh, for, for the director. Yeah, uh-huh. Steven Soderbergh. Oh. <laughs> do you disagree, Keisha? No, I don't disagree. I just don't know how to... I'm like, yeah, that's a good pick. I think it would be good. He's good at, like, ensembles, and he's, like, got an eye. He has a good sense of momentum, but he wouldn't, like, totally overtake the movie. I'd totally... I'd get Steven Soderbergh on that bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I... I don't have an answer. I don't know. well. (laughs) Mine was just too good. You forgot yours. Yeah, it was just too good, yeah. I was All right, well, Jackson about, wins, I guess. I was just thinking about how disappointed I was that they didn't kill Han Solo. No, oh, why, right. do you want to, why do you want him to kill Han Solo? Because I do think that is where the growth of the character goes towards. Yeah, it would the, be something like for he, him. Like It would like be something. Uh, some, because I think that that's the direction that they were going with, where at the beginning of the scene, like after he's been saved in there, getting the Death Star do-over, um, like, a second breakdown. Time. We do it again. They're like, okay, we have, we have a, we're sending out a team, and at first, Han Solo's like, oh, man, Lando, you're crazy. It's gonna be crazy out there. I don't wanna die. And then you find out that he's, like, volunteered himself to, like, go out and serve. Right. Like, and is making this, like, selfless arc from, I don't care about Being anything, like, and this I'm is just my here shit, right. money. I, like, to the point where, like, he's willing to sacrifice his life for the people that he loves and cares about and for a cause that he feels is greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that su- it's just like what happened in to Finn, where he was ready to sacrifice himself, and then, just kidding, love got in the way. <laughs> and no sacrifices were made. Movie. Anyway. We'll I fight think- about it later. I agree with you, though, Keija. I think that would be a much better... 
I because think, like I don't know. I honestly think like anything would be better. Like Han Solo has yeah, like no like function in this let movie. Let me wait. I have a take. Hold okay. on. If I if I was five, I'd be raising my hand in the classroom. So, it's my take would be, and I think this would be in a version of the film where we have that third thing that we're doing. I think that third thing would be. Han, mainly Han, maybe Han and Leia, because I think, uh, uh, like, we like, we like Han and Leia, we like their rapport, and they haven't, like, been around each other. I think it'd be interesting to see, like, how their dynamic changes when, like, she's a little bit worried about him, and, like, he's a little bit, like, not totally on his game, you know? And I think what I would do is that I would talk more about kind of the same thing of, like, starting off as, like, he's, like, this criminal guy who's just doing things for money. And I, I think this is a very modern uh, take. I don't think they would have done this. But, like, to be, like, his way of doing things is, like, too guerrilla tactics. It's too harsh. Like, he's doing, like, basically bad things to help the cause and they don't like it. Like, say they need they need one more piece of information in order for the big fight scene to make sense. Like, oh, we need a code. And they go and they get that. And Han and Leia are on some, like, city planet getting info from people and Hans is just totally being like a gangster asshole like shooting people's ears kind of guy that's a really and good pitch like, actually yeah and yeah. she's like hey Han fucking stop that like first of all <laughs> let me just I'm... waterboard this guy it's fine <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, like first of all like stop that and I think there would be like maybe like an element of like an element of like I am the princess of a country planet I don't know I'm planet the princess that of something exist anymore whatever like i am a political figure you can't be fucking doing this and also what the fuck what the fuck are you doing stop that that's horrible <laughs> like right. you know Let him be real and then scummy. that would be like maybe be like the the resolution of that would be like he like gets information without killing somebody or he does it in some way that like he can he can like have his cake and eat it too and like realizes like oh maybe maybe being a cowboy is bad sometimes <laughs> you know that would be my pitch i think that probably the best action sort of set piece in this entire movie is when Han Solo is blind and he's trying to save Lando from the Sarlacc pit and he's got the gun (laughs) and he's, like, trying to shoot the Sarlacc pit. That is so good. That is, like, such beautiful, like, tension, suspense, action filmmaking. It's just, like... Like French Kiss, I think that's so great. Yeah, it, it's also funny. <laughs> French like, yeah, it's so it's such a good balance, and Luke is just kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> right, it's so it's so I, good. Luke Skywalker is my favorite character in Star Wars. Just he's he's always been, he always will be. He's good, unless he's it, good. except for Babu Frick, obviously. Of course, of course, except of course. For Babu. <laughs> always, but that's always that's Babu. not fair. Pour one out for Babu. Does he die? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I preemptively no spo- pour one out for Babu. Just <laughs> okay. no spoilers for Babu Frick. But just like seeing Luke in full Jedi, like when I was a kid, I said that Return of the Jedi was my favorite of the Star Wars films, which I I do not believe anymore. But seeing Luke just being so good at being a Jedi, it, it's it's so it's so good. I love it. I just wanted <laughs> I more of that. Like well, the scenes where he like, is just being the best Jedi because he's the only one. Yeah, are so well, good. It's especially because so, so much of the previous movie was like him struggling with being a Jedi and him like figuring out, being like, oh, this thing that I thought I was naturally gifted at is actually really fucking hard. And for the mm-hmm. next movie, from to be like, I fucking figured it out. I'm the coolest guy alive. It's just like <laughs> it's really satisfying. I and really his like robot hand. 
I really like when Luke is like, you know, I was born here, and Han's just like, well, you're gonna die here, so shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I can see my ass here. Shut up, Luke. (laughs) Luke's one final dig at Tatooine, like, Han's like, I can't really see anything. Yeah, well, there isn't anything to look at, so. And I would know. I looked out at that horizon every day of my damn life. And I dreamed about power converters. The two suns setting in the distance. But it's that's a beautiful scene, so I'm not going to be mad about it. It's the, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm not ignoring the it. chat because they're going to get me talking about Rise of Skywalker. And yeah. Just yeah, we'll can't. talk about that in due it. time. I still in haven't seen time. it. I mean, look, I've had the whole thing spoiled for me, more <laughs> no or less. Yeah, no, no, there's spoilies. no way. Yeah. I still, like, every once in a while, I'm just like, wait, but what happens with this? And I just ask people Bob and I expect Frick them to tell me. I swear one. to God, BB-8 just, like, stops being in the movie uh, at some sucks. point. Like, we okay. just fucking forget about BB-8. But yeah, at first it was just like uh, everybody hates it, and I've like heard enough about it that I've made the decision that I don't really care that much. It's like not high on my priorities. <laughs> but it's not like I was like, I'm not even gonna watch it. I'm so disgusted. <laughs> it was never like yeah. that. But disgusting. At at a certain point when we started doing these, I realized that it would be a lot of fun if our podcast on Rise of Skywalker was coming off of me having seen it for the very first time. So that's yeah. the explicit reason why I've put it off for so Not long. Not seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. it's because I want I want to go I want to come in fresh like hot as possible on the on the podcast episode. The doest of eyes. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I think... can't wait for that day. Part of me <laughs> it'll, there's it'll two come. things. I really like I really like that scene when we're, like, doing the races, because... Sorry, I'm, I haven't watched the scene in a little bit, because it's Luke and Leia, and they're on the speeders, and they're fighting the stormtroopers, right? Yeah, that sequence yeah. kicks ass. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. fucking good. I love this... I love this dynamic between Luke and Leia so much. I love them being siblings rather than, like, friends that might be love interests. Like, I don't know. I just like Mm -hmm. the dynamic so much where, like, Leia's on a, like, takes off on a speeder and Luke's like, hey, wait! (laughs) Like, it's just, it's so good. (laughs) I like it so much. And they make those speeders feel so fast. Oh, so fast. Like, when they hit a tree, they're like, oh, they're fucking dead. Like, there's no (laughs) way they're not dead. The sound design gets my chef's kiss for the day. So Jackson, good. I can't. I didn't want to stop the whole podcast, but you said French kiss, not chef kiss. And I thought it was really. <laughs> Did funny. I say French kiss? No, Jackson <laughs> said French kiss. <laughs> Han Solo's character arc gets my French, French kiss. kiss for this. <laughs> Literally, you went, "Uh, oh, it's French kiss," and I went, "French kiss," and you went, "Yeah, French kiss." And I was like, "Okay, you I know, guess the you meant to tongue. say that." Totally went in one ear and out the other. I didn't even realize. <laughs> oh man, Chef's kiss, Chef's kiss, Ratatouille, the musical, cool. French kiss. Um. Remy the Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams. <laughs> so, I didn't see that. I heard it was bad. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> But, like, then that moment where he, like, hooks the guy's speeder up to a tree. I guess that's at the end, isn't it? Where they hook the speeder up to the tree and he, like, goes around and smashes into it. Yeah, I will say, I I do, I do believe that there should have been more than the forest moon of Endor. Right. But the stuff that they introduce, like, the technology and the troopers and the Ewoks, like, they're all, I, I like all of them. And for the most part, they're 
entertaining enough. But it still just feels like for the scope that the final movie and the fulfilling of the prophecy, it just seems like it should just be a little wider. Just, right. Yeah. And Adeline's pitch is perfect. Just cast your net a little bit more. Right. Well, just I was thinking I think about... Nine out of ten. I was because th- if you put Han and Leia in a city, like in my pitch, then when the news that Darth Vader is dead gets to them and they're celebrating, I think it would make a little bit more sense than just the Ewoks, who... The Ewoks are citizens of the world, so it makes sense that they're <laughs> celebrating, but they're also little teddy bear people, so it loses it a little bit. So if you could have, like... Humanoid people <laughs> being like, "Yay, our dictator is finally dead." Right. I think that's a or different. Or like people who are being more emotion. explicitly oppressed by the by the. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not people we've just met. Right. You know. I think that. Um, oh fuck! I had a take that I'm completely forgetting about. Hot oh, takes with Jackson. It'll come back. It'll come back to me. Um, just like Luke oh, oh, will oh, come oh. back to Tatooine. I was thinking oh. about the the structure of this movie and how like this is basically the only Star Wars movie that comes to mind where like the big or the original three at least I think where like the big climax at the end is like split up between like three different locations and you're like you know cutting back and forth between three different situations um because how is it? What's the end of Empire Strikes Back? That's well, pretty no, linear, Empire Strikes right? Back. They're real split up though, like super split up, like the whole movie. Oh, that's and true. Luke Luke's not training. with them. Right, right, right. Okay, never mind. And then, and then, and then Han Solo is frozen in carbonite at the end of the movie, and Luke gets his hand cut off. They're like the most split up they can be. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Whatever. But point remains that like I was just thinking about how much Last Jedi is sort of pulling from this movie more than any other. Like, in the way, you know, not only is it, like, the confrontation with the with the guy in the throne room where they're looking out the window at their fleet, but it's also that, like, that, like, sort of twist where it's like, actually, you're fucked, you know? Because they have that moment with Darth Sidious <laughs> in this movie where he's like, ah, the whole thing's fake. There was never a shield generator. We're just gonna fuck your shit up. And, like... It's just interesting. It's interesting how much Last Jedi feels like the last movie in a series. Yeah. <laughs> like Which it I think it should be. Yeah, which everyone I think thinks it should be cuz <laughs> Last Jedi's the best. Uh and like just that because Last Jedi also has that like back and forth of the like, you know, three different sort of sections doing their their own thing, mm-hmm. but but now that I'm thinking about it, more Star Wars movies do that than I than I remember. Than I was remembering yeah, off the top which of my I head. do. I, yeah, I think that like, it's it's good to see the like big team together, and there is that scene at the beginning when they're all like, "I'm gonna go with you, and I'll go with you too." And then as they're approaching, like Darth Vader can sense that Luke is there, and Luke can sense that Darth Vader's there, and it's really cool. And he's like, I'm putting my friends in danger. I don't know if this is the right call. And I really right. enjoy it. And I, I think that's the first time that that really happens between the two of them. Or between mm-hmm. any characters in Star Wars that we see. So that's... It's just... I love the Jedi. I want to be a Jedi real bad. <laughs> I would trade everything wizard. away to be a Jedi. Right, yeah. Should we... My slave I mom. Mean, my sand I don't hut. mean to de- derail the conversation again. But like... 
Should we just play Star Wars D and D? Because like I really liked my <laughs> character, and I think Keisha would love not that. to just like totally yeah, rip down. off Cosmonaut Tabletop, but maybe yeah, that not would, to just you know, I organically came up with this. <laughs> yeah, this is you know there are lots of different experiences out there, and you can have the same one as somebody else, and that's just fine. Right. You don't exactly. own that's Star Wars. You don't own Star Wars. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, but yeah, like all the stuff with the emperor at the end, I think is really fun. And I already mentioned like the rug pull where they're like, oh, this whole thing was a trap. There's not a shield generator on the ground. We're just going to yeah. come in and here I and mean, blow like, your shit up. I think that's so good. The whole thing with Darth Vader is just so good. It is. It's really good. That's, mm-hmm. his, that's his son. That's his boy. And when they're like <laughs> fighting and they're like underneath the thing and it's super cool. And then he fucking picks up the old man and yeets him. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's just good. That's There's his also... And, and... Go ahead. Oh, I'm just gonna say Mark Hamill is really good in this movie. He is. I think like, he is oh, really good yeah. in this. And oh, throughout yeah. the series, like, he just starts as a really annoying awkward whiny kid and by the time we get here he is the full embodiment of hope and is so like in tune with light that he is able to overcome the darkness within himself and the darkness within his father (laughs) which means the darkness within the whole galaxy it's so good yeah you can see that all in a stupid laser sword fight it's (laughs) excellent it's really good. good there's one line reading in that final scene that I don't know why it makes me laugh, but I watched it like three times because it just struck me as so funny, and I don't know why. Where he's like, "Son, take off my helmet," and Luke goes, "But you'll mm. die." For some reason, that <laughs> makes me laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> it's fair. kind of a sad moment, Jackson. <laughs> but you'll die. It's just really funny to me. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, that scene made such a big impression. Like I still remember the first time I watched it, and I was like. Oh my god. Like, it's weird a as a kid. He's just yeah. a man. A wrinkly raisin of a man. man. Yeah. He looks like my grandpa. What? <laughs> Which is like a really interesting lesson to point at kids and say that like the evil villain, the villains of this world are just human beings and right. we turn them into this gigantic scary monster, but And he you, was like being you, taken you advantage of almost as much as you mm-hmm. are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he can sacrifice just as much as you can. Oh my gosh, it's crazy! God, it's I love Star Wars. Star Wars is good. Star Wars is really so good. good. You guys heard of this hot take, thing? guys? It's called Star Wars. It's really good. I think everybody's I'm, heard of it yet. I'm not like other girls. I like Star Wars. Star- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> not trying to flex on anyone, but yeah, I- you know. I do it's remember not as in tuned in nerd culture as I am. That when I like watched all of the movies officially through with my dad, like we right. watched one to six, we just decided we'd sit down and watch them like for a couple of months. And I watched this episode, and it was the new Hayden Christensen version. Oh right! And I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, who was the who was the ghost before? What did they do? What? <laughs> and then I literally I stayed up all night watching the movie again. On, on Laserdisc just to right. see it, and I was like, "Oh, it's just a, it's just a guy." Oh, is it? I, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought in the original one it was just Obi Wan and Yoda. There is like a guy. No, who's no, Anakin. no, no. There's, there's. It's just a my my sister and I made up a whole persona for him that they paid this random man ten dollars, 
to come off this, off the street. They're like, we need someone to play Anakin Skywalker. And then they gave him a meatloaf as like his prize. To was it not the guy who was inside the Darth Vader suit? It is. It oh, okay. is. But like, I just didn't recognize him right, of at course that not. age because yeah. makeup. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. weird. Why but, would you ever recognize him? Why would you just assume that it was know, Anakin? I don't know. I don't know. But we're like, who is this man? And then we ha- had this like, wait, I got one whole meaty loaf to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> like, right. It was a whole thing that we, I, it just all came back to me though. We haven't talked about that for a while. I don't like, I don't like the ghost being Anakin because the whole, I don't like the like, let's just go back to before he was evil. Like, no, the point is that he was evil and he's reconciled with that and he's paid for that like he's a new person that shiny brand new anakin is gone like he we destroyed him and we have this new this new image of darth vader and who he is so just to return back to like the good version of him i think is like no like we need to see darth vader who's been through shit and like is the man that we just knew we is the man that we just watched die you know i don't like it being hans yeah that's fair it's kind of like uh, George Lucas took the Obi-Wan side of things where it's, you know, from a certain point of view, Anakin died. Right, yeah. See, here's the thing. I, I'm I don't the one like that point of view because it kind of excuses all of his actions. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, your, your dad, in a sense, you know, betrayed me. And to me, he died when I cut all of his arms and legs <laughs> off and yeah. left him on a, a burning hit a fire uh, from a certain point of view. Right. You know <laughs> Which what? Is Have my point of view of the avoiding idea? the problem. Do you think Obi-Wan knew that Darth Vader was Anakin right away? Yeah, a Hondo P. They have the force and stuff. I guess. Like, yeah, why would you not That's believe fair. that he was dead when you left him on that lava bank for dead, though? I mean, he probably thought he was dead, but, like, why I'm sure that he... Well, I mean, if... Like when the Obi Wan TV show comes to pass, I'm if Hayden Christensen sure. is in, I'm pretty sure they're gonna yeah, encounter each other somewhere. Right. God, I'm so excited What's, for that. I want Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader so fucking bad. I'm so hyped. all the time, every day. Why did Obi Wan just kind of just nudge that motherfucker into the lava just a little bit more? <laughs> you know, like why did he just Cause whatever he, he loves him or whatever. One. Why is he just he's just scooch him a little bit? He's his brother in the Force. That's so he's just gonna leave him in writhing pain instead yeah, of so putting him out of Instead of misery. ending a misery, probably <laughs> really quickly with lava. I don't think you get. I think. I think once you're in lava, I think it's over. I don't think you experience the lava. But um, have yeah, you why don't you just kill him with your with, with your painless magic your sword? Painless laser why don't you just kill him? Yeah, God. Anyway. I don't if know. you think about it, it sucks. Star Wars doesn't really make sense, you know. Like if you're really <laughs> getting down, kind of fucked up. Actually, down in the nitty gritty, it it's kind of messed up. It's, it's just Obi Wan's a jackass, and he <laughs> thinks he's better than everyone else, and he always has. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, that's my hot take: is that Han Solo's character arc, Chef's Kiss. Obi-Wan Kenobi French kiss (laughs) yeah this is the new hierarchy there's chef kiss and also Uh, French French kiss kiss. (laughs) French's kiss French's kiss cigarette breath kiss 
guys. That's Obi Wan Kenobi. Um. Wow. Anything else? Anything else about Return of the Jedi? I feel like of the Star Wars movies, it's kind of one of the ones that there's the least to say about. You know. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of you just you get it. Like right. it's good. It's got some problems. We talked about the problems, but you're just like, yeah, fucking Star Wars, man. When did Star Beyond Wars. Thunderdome come out? Around the same time, or maybe the '90s. Did Beyond Thunderdome come out in the '90s? Because as soon as I, like, made that connection, I was like, this is, like, the same. Beyond Thunderdome was 85. Return of the Jedi was 83, right? Mm-hmm. So Beyond Thunderdome is just a direct ripoff of yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was just parallel thinking. My These are the notes that I took uh, over a month ago. <laughs> it is never too late for anyone to choose light. Of course. The Emperor is so sick, though. And then it's a trap in all caps. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't even talked about Akbar. We gotta get that um, Akbar talking. Admiral Akbar. Love, love that squid man. Love the squid man. Love, what the calamari? Right, that's the what they're called. Yeah, the calamari. So, <laughs> so good. Stupid. <sighs> that's so funny to just be like, we're gonna name this species of humanoid beings after a fried fish <laughs> right. dish. And you but know, like, here's my favorite it, fun fact. You know the horrible nightmare guy who's like playing the oboe in the Max Rebo band, who like oh, yeah. looks like some sort of weird like naked mole rat without a face. You know that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Droopy yes. McCool, Deep Roy's inside of there. Oh uh, yeah, Deep hell Roy. yeah, Deep Roy. Deep Roy getting that bread. I love Deep Roy. Fuck yeah, Deep Roy. What a guy. What a man. Truly. So cool. He did so much work for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He Have did. I told you guys the story about how Deep Roy made like ten million dollars on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Because I think there's like a this maybe three times. On the yeah, podcast. it's just fun. There's like a special SAG <laughs> rule in the contract system where it's like if you're playing multiple characters in the same movie, you have to be compensated extra for that like extra amount of work you have to do. And, yeah. and, you know, realistically, it's the sort of thing that Deep Roy would probably be like, yeah, I'll waive that if you pay me whatever amount. But Tim Burton and Deep Roy, like, tag-teamed it to, like, basically, like, extort Warner Brothers out of, like, $9 million to give Deep Roy yeah. to pay for every individual Oompa Loompa that he played in Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory, which it's is so good. so good. And I'm so proud of him. I'm so when you proud have- of Deep Roy. <laughs> It's like the dinner party question. It's like, if you could invite anybody to a dinner party, like, who would you invite? I think Deep Roy is one of the people that I would invite. He seems like, like an interesting to, guy. Uh, yeah, he seems like a super party. interesting guy. Say it again, Keisha. That would be a good dinner party. <laughs> it would be good. Just Deep Roy and me. <laughs> yeah, just you two. That's it. Apparently, Deep Roy and Simon Pegg are just, like, for real, like, best friends in real life, which I think is so funny. Oh, that's so sweet. Because <laughs> they're both in those Star Trek movies, and they're just, ah. they just, like, became lifelong friends. I love this. Man, I want only the best for Deep Roy. <laughs> yeah. The best well, and the brightest. He's got $9 million, so... De- At least. <laughs> At least. Deep, Deep Roy is an Aquarius. Deep Roy is Aquarius season. It's the season of Deep Roy. <laughs> Don't forget to leave out milk and cookies for, for Deep, Deep Roy. Roy. <laughs> He's coming in Oompa Loompa form. <laughs> <sighs> the little shiny jumpsuit. 
So, okay, hey, so we're, we've been going for a while, and we're probably about ready to wrap up, but uh, I did this just in stream last week, but I want to start this for real. I want, I want us to, like, have something else that we can just, like, recommend at the end, just, like, a little something that we can say, like, hey, I listened to this or watched this. That was good. Are you guys, are you guys, I mean, I know you're not prepared because I didn't ask you, yeah. but do, could can you I have just something? Can say my thing again, but this time recorded for forever? I guess the other ones, I'll think of something new. Hold on. It's not in the pod. In the potty. That's right. fair. I mean, did, should I do my other thing, but this time in the pod, or think of something else? Think of something else. I don't do new things, ever. It doesn't, have to, be a, doesn't have to be a new thing. What's an old thing? That's fair. Let me think. <laughs> what is an old thing? Do you, want me, do you guys want me to go first? Okay, I have um, one. I have one. Okay, go. So I... I, my cousin recommended to me, um, the documentary Secrets of the Saqqara Tomb, and it's so good, um, it's, it, like, follows a whole excavation team in Egypt, they find this, like, tomb that nobody really knows about, but it also talks about how, like, funding works for excavation, where if they don't find anything, then, like, Tons and tons of people are just out of the job and, like, how lucrative that business is. <laughs> wow. Because that it, does, it feels, like, so removed from our current culture that, like, mummies are here and we found them and that's it. But, like, this was all happening, like, within the past, like, couple of years. So right. it's really cool. It's really interesting. There's a lot of mystery. There's mummies. And mummies are dope. If I had to recommend something else, it would be the television show Mummies Alive. Which I don't know if it aired in the United <laughs> States, but it aired in Canada. Oh. And that's Shout out to I Canada. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where it's a boy and he's the resurrected pharaoh and then his mom works for a museum. And then a bunch of mummies come to life and they protect him. That was Discovery Kids, So those are my Kids, two recommendations. Right? Oh, was it on Discovery Kids? I Discovery Kids was always weird for me. Because I feel like I would see that stuff around. Like, I remember, like, the... There was some restaurant that had, like, Discovery Kids toys. They were, like, promoting all the different yeah. shows they had. And, like, I, mm -hmm. maybe I would see, like, ads on the internet or something. But, like, as a kid, I could never find it. I never... <laughs> I was never able to access Discovery Kids. I, so I never at saw... the doctor's office. Because there I was one with like a shark. Canada. There was one with like a shark, right? What was that show? Oh yeah, Kenny the Shark. Something like that. And it was like all these I, shows that I, didn't I like. Watch them. Well, I didn't yeah. watch them either, but they had cups at Applebee's, and yeah. my family went to Applebee's a lot, so I had well, all. You were an Applebee's <laughs> family. So we're yeah, it was just this weird family. thing where I was like, because it's not like I didn't watch Discovery Channel. I was like one of the channels mm -hmm. I would watch as a kid. It's but I guess channels. I just never knew when they were doing that whole kids thing, and I just never got it. I just couldn't ever grasp it. It's like trying to catch. <laughs> I smoke. think it wasn't one of those things for like people who didn't have cable. Like that was one of the. No, Discovery Channel's a cable channel. I guess that's fair. Yeah. It just Discovery seems like the Kids same. had a lot of good stuff. It's more than fair. But those it's are my true. two. <laughs> <laughs> my two recommendations: the Tomb of Sakara. Or the secrets of Sakara and Mummies Alive. Is that a documentary? What's it on? What's what is it on? It's on the Secrets of Sakara Tumor is on Netflix and Mummies Alive has episodes on YouTube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's how you know it's good. Um Yeah. 
I want to talk about uh, Small Axe, actually. Um, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard about. It's a series of movies. Unfortunate events. They're all sort of... It's it's weird to describe because they aired on the BBC. Um, but they're five sort of individual feature-length movies. But I use feature-length liberally because three of them are like 65 minutes long but they're still like self-contained films in their own way and they're all just stories about uh black people in england and the like west indie sort of caribbean subculture in england that like throughout the 20th century and, like, some of them are about, like, civil rights struggles and, and fighting for, for your place in the world. And some of them are just about people living their lives and having fun and enjoying each other's company and such. Um, and all... Uh, four out of the five of them are really good. One of them is just okay. But... <laughs> and they're all on Amazon Prime now. And they're all directed by Steve McQueen, the guy who directed 12 Years a Slave and Shame and... Mm. Uh, widows um and they're just it's just this really incredible project and it's sort of become this thing where it's like a very specific subculture and it's uh it, it sort of like makes you realize that it's like an entire like sect of people that you basically never really hear about mm-hmm. <laughs> are like black people in the uk you know like in europe mm-hmm. um, poor people yeah, especially as like an american yeah, exactly. Audience. I was listening mm-hmm. to an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is an NPR podcast where they were talking about it. Um, and they said, like, apparently, like, they're similarly, like, misrepresented in in England, too, like, even among themselves. Because, like, when you're growing up in England and you're learning about civil rights issues, specifically, like, black African civil rights issues, they learn about the same ones that we do. Like their textbooks still focus on like the American civil rights movement more than they ever focus on like the English equivalent of it. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. super interesting. And part of what's so fun about it is like the dialect of it because it's not like just a regular English accent. It's like the Caribbean infused part London, part Pacific Island sort of dialect that is like so unique that you basically never really hear which i think is just so fascinating uh my favorite one is the first one which is called mangrove which is the longest one it's two hours and it's about this like restaurant in england like a caribbean restaurant that just got raided by the police over and over and over and over again for no reason other than that it was just like a black owned business and like about the and eventually, when they, like, protested that, there was, like, a whole civil rights issue. And it sort of weirdly parallels Trial of the Chicago 7, because the trial was the Mangrove 9. And it was, like, these nine uh, black people uh, that were being put on trial for inciting a riot. Um, and it's about, like, that court proceeding. That is very good. But um, it's also just fascinating... Like, just seeing, like, the same sort of issues that we're so used to thinking about all the time in America, but just through a different lens. Like, seeing how those same issues sort of, like, 
manifest in different ways in different cultures, especially in a way mm-hmm. that you like haven't really heard about before. Really fascinating. The first two are the best two, Mangrove and Lover's Rock. Lover's Rock is like 65 minutes long, and it's just about a bunch of people having a house party in the 70s, and they're listening to oh, like yeah. Jamaican... Uh, reggae music and just having a damn good time. It's really good. Um, and the first one, Mangrove, is my other favorite. Those two are really good, but the whole thing's good. Small acts. Not small acts. A-X-E, A-X-E like a body spray. small acts. Um, really good. Steve McQueen stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, Adeline, go for it. Steve McQueen. Um. So, here's the thing. I do... <laughs> I do have something, it's not new in any capacity, not new to me, not new to the world. New to someone. But it is It's new to you talking about it on the show. It is the Edward Scissorhands graphic novel series that came out a few years ago. I think I have the two volumes of it. I don't think that there is a third, because I've looked for it. I don't think it exists. I think they stopped the comic, but... I really enjoyed this comic. I think it is a good one. Uh, obviously, it takes place after the movie of Edward Scissorhands. It's all about uh, the it's the daughter of the girl from the movie, and then like she finds Edward Scissorhands later, and it's just kind of some hijinks that they get into. It's kind of a cool perspective of because the relationship it's kind of Beetlejuicey the TV show. And that the relationship is no longer romantic now. It's just, like, a friendship and, like, the hijinks that they get into. When, like, Peter Pan, because after, like, Wendy grows up, Peter Pan takes, like, her daughter. And it's like, well, you kind of like Wendy, so I kind of like you. Yeah, I'll just... (laughs) Because I don't like that. It's the opposite (laughs) of that. He's, like, it's, like, he's... It's just, like, how... After the events in the movie, which are hugely traumatizing, like, what does Edward Scissorhands (laughs) do? And it's kind of cool, like... The first one is that uh, he, basically, he tries to make a robot friend, and it goes terribly, and they have to deal with that, and it's a very fun story. It's definitely more aimed at kids. There is some blood, but it's definitely a lighter comic book. It's a very cartoony art style. It's very fun. And then the second one is kind of like the part in the movie where he goes on the TV show, but if they just, like, extended that into, like, a full plot, and, like, him, like wanting to be pretty, and I think they tried to, like, make over the girl. Like, it's just, it's a fun comic. They're pretty short. It's, it's like, just fun extension of the universe, I think, in, like, a cool way. Go check them out. They're good. Do you want to say who writes and illustrates it? Let me stand up and see. <laughs> Let me just stretch my legs. Because we are humans on this podcast, wow. in case anyone was questioning. Wow. Preach, preach, Keisha. Not to say that it, to... You have to have legs to be human, because I have known humans without legs, and they are still human. Good save. We are not an ableist. This is not an ableist <laughs> okay. podcast. I, re- oh I just God, caught I... something in my notes that I forgot to say while we were talking about it. I just wrote down that Han's new vibe in this movie is, here's to the next adventure, old chums. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the writer is Kate Leth, and the artist is Drew Rausch. Rausch? R-A-U-S-C-H. Ugh. But yeah, it's oh, a good it time. Check it out. Cool. It's sweet. If you like Edward Scissorhands and you're like, I want some more of that. We, I got you. Give me some more, some Eddie Sizz. Give me some Hands. more. I want some more Eddie. 
Keisha, go ahead and start plugging because I have fully forgotten to look away. for a one star review. Oh, surprise. That's surprise. okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening this far into the podcast uh, of our review slash conversation about Return of the Jedi. Because it wasn't really a review. It was more just how we feel about it. Because you already know it's good. Just perfectly Return fine. Of the Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. We like it. It's part of our childhood. And screw you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> anyway, if you like what you heard, uh, go ahead, leave a like, comment, subscribe to our channel. There are lots of other podcasts. And then Jackson also puts out... Lots of different kinds of videos, and they're super good and super fun and different and shorter than this. Um, you can follow us on the, the Twitter, the Twitterverse, at No Nerds Pod. You can follow Jackson at Jepper Pack. You can follow Adeline at Hollow Backhorse. And you can follow me, Keisha Rhodes, at official Instagram account of your mom. I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> um, or you can follow us on TikTok. <laughs> At no nerds like, allowed, I'm pretty sure. I followed no, it, no but I don't remember pod. what it's called. The TikTok is no nerds pod, and there's exclusive, no nerds pod. exclusive highlights and maybe exclusive content that you'll find on the TikTok. We'll get there. We've got schemes. We're scheming. We'll get there. Who knows? Yeah. By the time we we know how to TikTok, there will be a new a new app that we won't know how to use. It'll be called Fish <laughs> yeah, exactly. and we'll be like, ah. Oh. Yeah. It'll be like. The slap from <laughs> iCarly. God, iCarly. Listen, you gotta, you have to at least acknowledge how much iCarly has affected our generation. That's really fair. It's good. I liked iCarly. It's one of the live action, the the especially Nickelodeon live action shows. Where they have a really fun cast of characters, and then the main girl is always like the worst one. Yeah, like let's get very bland. Let's get a brunette. That's it, and it's like cool. I don't like her as much as everybody else. (laughs) Brunette, nice, I guess. It's like kind of nice, I guess. They try to tell you that she's weird, but she has like a weirder friend, so she's like not even really that weird. This is this is uh. A Victorious Hate account. Oh, man. I have a lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts on Victoria Justice. I have exactly zero. <laughs> well, we had different child- childhoods. <laughs> Childrenhoods? What do you... Multiple childhoods? Yeah, childrenhoods. Being a children. <laughs> Childrenhoods. <laughs> Childrenhood. I, I didn't invent English. Oh, I'll, I'll say this for the next next podcast i have another thing that i really love is it is it the english language yeah it's it's just english in general (laughs) did you find a review i'm looking i'm on amazon more things i like you know i like to check different places i'm i'm on amazon right now but all of these people are just mad that it's not the theatrical version for some reason which I mean, like well. I, I get being mad about, but it's like it's not like they have it. Okay, it fine then. Like, Aunt Adeline and I get to talk about Tori Vega and why she exist anymore. Why she's boring. She's so and boring, like, and she's not even good. Not you know? even the best singer. You're going to an arts college, and you're just like, or, or okay, like you're, and you're just like good. okay, yeah. They're like, like, wow, she was the best. Maybe singing isn't your thing. That's fine. Maybe you're not the best singer in the world. Or maybe you're getting better and you're learning. 
but she thinks she's queen hot shit, and she's just not. And, but they keep giving her things. Like, she gets into TV shows, and she's on the... Oh, yeah, because she's Performing for the dictator. For no and, like, there's that episode where Jade... It, like, keeps throwing Tori's blood away because Jade wants to be the main character in the, like, Steamboat show. But Jade's better than Tori anyway. Why isn't she the lead? I don't get it. Just because she's throwing her blood the away? Machine. What the fuck are you yeah, talking that, about? It's that episode where um, it's not Sinjin who's sick. It's Robbie, Robarazzi Shapiro. He's sick, and he needs O-negative blood, and Tori is O-negative. So... <laughs> Tori Vega would call me a slur. That's so funny. <laughs> but, he, like, Tori's donating blood, and Jade's like, oh, if she needs to keep donating blood to save Robbie's life, then I'll get to play the star of the show because I'm the understudy. And so she's, like, throwing his blood, <laughs> throwing her blood away. That's... So she keeps donating blood. All right. You know <laughs> Can I tell you something? I actually don't believe you. <laughs> it's a real episode. I swear to God. It's on Netflix. You can check. Okay. I think it's- Tori Vega is the type of girl that gets really fucking weird once you, like, tell... what. Like, if you are a gay person and you, like, tell her that you're gay, she gets just, like, really fucking weird about it, you know? Like, she'd probably be like, oh, and then just never talk to you again. No, like, the opposite, where she's like, you're my pet now, you know? Like, she's like, look at my gay friend, you know? That's how she treats her black friend, so I could see that. Yeah, that really is her whole thing. He's like a pet, but she would never see him like a a person or a love interest or... or, Yeah, or a friend. A friend. (laughs) A friend. Piano man, play! Yeah, and then there's all the weird stuff about the director and how he would never let them, the girls, wear their hair in ponytails, and he just, like, liked looking at their feet all the time. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a different layer. That's a whole different thing. (laughs) But just, if not more, more terrible, I would say, because it's real life. No, definitely more terrible than the fictional character, (laughs) yeah. Also, Wait, Keisha, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Is there a, a longer Ewok song in the original? Oh, I don't. I mean, I watched it when I was like 12. That was like the last time I watched the original one. So I don't remember. Jackson, I. It's there? Okay. Jackson. I don't know. I must be. I, I just saw a review who said they should have left the original Ewok song <laughs> in. And I was like, I want to hear the original Ewok song. I, it's, it didn't leave a big enough impact in my brain to be like, how dare they? How dare they take right, out that enough. Ewok song? Jackson, I love you. I am going to pass out from starvation if we don't. <laughs> yeah. um, so now that we're done, would you guys like to hear a one-star review of Legend of Star Wars Return of the Jedi? <laughs> yes, yeah. I would. Breath of the Jedi. Uh, so this review, this review comes from Letterboxd.com, and this person says, The only part I even saw was the bears, because it was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) I have my eyes closed for the rest of it. All I saw were the bears. I literally... Wake me up when there's bears. I literally (laughs) suffered blindness except for the bear scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my name's Jackson McMurray. My name's Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And thanks. Thanks for showing up. And See ya. Thank you. Bye. Peace out, <laughs> all the back girls. And forces. 
gonna go ahead and take a nap. Let me know when there's bears. <laughs> there's a lot of bears in here. I kind of like it. <laughs> is this one? Is this the one? Are there bears in this one? <laughs>